Seth Spins contains mild adult language. The views of the members of this podcast do not reflect the views of Viking Fusion or Viking Fusion staff. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Seth's podcast. This is episode six. Um, this is Seth Spins. I want to thank everybody for coming back. Um, we took a week off just... Uh, to get everything set straight, and now we're back on track. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, and I would like to introduce him. Uh, this is Will Holsey. Hi, I'm Will. I'm Will Holsey, and I'm a junior economics and psychology major here at Barry College. Yeah, yeah, great, great stuff. Um, Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to talk to you today about all this kind of stuff. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about, and just as a reminder, um, everything that all my guests talk about, everything that I talk about, I put related songs into a Spotify playlist that is going to be linked in my Instagram bio, at Seth Chambliss, though, and also it is the same name as the podcast itself, so you can just look it up on Spotify. It'll be the same image and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, thank you for listening, and let's get on with the podcast. So, Will, we wanted to talk a little bit about sort of your general musical taste evolution and just kind of get an idea for how you process music in general. Yeah, um, it's definitely been a journey, I think, yeah. from, from where, where I originated from. Cause it, uh, so in like middle school and high school, I really didn't know what I liked. And I just picked up, you know, bits and pieces here, like, you know, Sirius XM with the car rides with the family. Just like, oh, what's on Pulse, you know? What are we going <laughs> to listen to today? What, what generic you know, car advertisement music are we going to listen to? What did my mom put on on Pandora today? <laughs> <laughs> I used to rock Pandora, and, oh, yeah. and I wouldn't have a big thing. But, like, yeah, my music taste has definitely changed a lot. Like, I didn't really know where to start. I got a little bit into, you know, rap. Like, I liked Russ, you know. I liked Drake and things like that. And yeah. I kind of shifted, like, to Arctic Monkeys, um, you know. And I just – I then I went to, like, the weekend, you know, Panic. You know, it was just like kind of like an evolution that kept you know going on, and I, and I really settled on more like the aggressive rock. I think is like mm-hmm. what my niche is. Like Dance Gavin Dance, it's you know it's my favorite band. Okay. Uh, Emma Rose is also another really good one. Uh, Don Broco, those are both really good bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nineteen seventy five. I really like. Uh, I dabbled in Suicide Boys for a little bit. Mm, that's if, always a fun. Yeah, one. yeah, Suicide Boys. Uh, yeah, it was like it was like a f- friend group fad back in high school. Like yeah. I don't know, like junior senior year. So everyone in the friend group listened to Suicide Boys. I don't listen to them anymore. But um, yeah, yeah that was just kind of like the main what I listened to. And I also listened to, like to eighties music and stuff like that. Recently, I got into country music. Yeah, I got into we're, country. We're gonna, yeah, we're with, the, with the work truck that. here at here at Barry. Yeah, no, you have to listen to country mm-hmm. in a work truck. Otherwise, what are you really doing? You're not living the truck life. Yeah, if you're no, not I'm definitely embracing the the southern the southern boy style here. Exactly. In, in and I, I feel like most of my podcasts incorporate just a, just a tad of country. Yeah. I feel like it's the spice that keeps things lively. Well, honestly, know? like when I was when I was younger, that was another thing too. I don't know why this is like such a fad. I don't know if it's just like rebellious or whatever. But like. I was like, oh, I like music, just anything but country. And it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know why I thought that way. Mm-hmm. And like now it's just like, no, I, I dig it. You know, I just, there's there's not a lot of music I don't like, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I dabbled in classical, thanks, you know, mm-hmm. Dr. Davis at the music department <laughs> for that. Um, but no, I don't, the only like real like music I still don't like to this day, like if your music sounds like it's from a John Green movie, <laughs> like if it's like, if it's like indie music, like you, you should either be in a sad movie or a coffee shop like that, like the real like folk, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just not yeah. a big fan of that. Still, I don't know why. It just ma- it just kind of bums me out. Like that's and it's like not even like an enjoyable sad. You know, like when you're sad and you listen to sad music and you're like, yeah, I'm really in my feels. No, that's just you just kind of ruins. You're it. not a fan of being in like a coffee shop like Swift and Finch or something. Well, like if I'm in a coffee shop, at, like, yeah, volume no, pl- three out of a hundred. Yeah, no, if I'm in a coffee shop, go ahead, play it. But I'm just saying, like <laughs> if I'm not, 
and I'm not in a movie. Don't play the music. I just I, don't I get like it. <laughs> and it just seems to be a popular music, but that's just that's just my my little my little yeah. tidbit. Just, on. just a general general overview of sort of what you're interested yeah. in, and just to kind of start mining into what you're talking about. What bands? I know you mentioned Dance Gavin Dance is one of them, but what bands would you describe as sort of essential to that musical journey? Definitely Dance Gavin Dance, mm-hmm. um, and the Arctic Monkeys too, for the most part, because I think that was more like when I I'm not sure really what genre you call them, like alt rock or something like that. Mm-hmm. I really like the Arctic Monkeys, like older stuff. Um, the, their new album, I, I'm not Tranquility or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's not it's not a good album <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, bumping that, but um, Dance Gavin Dance definitely because that's when I started like experimenting with things that I was kind of uncomfortable with. Because the thing with Dance Gavin Dance is, for those unfamiliar, it, there's like clean and dirty vocals. Mm-hmm. And by that, the dirty vocalist, John Mass, he, he typically, it's like screaming, not like screamo per se, but it's mm-hmm. definitely like more, it, the, the genre itself is very aggressive, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was really getting used to those like aggressive notes from John specifically. Because the, the lead singer when I started listening was, was Tillian, and he's, he still is. And he does the clean vocals, and he is like, it's very angelic how he speaks, right? Right. Or, or how he sings, rather. And so, like, I heard a song, uh, the first song I heard by them, this was, I was just on YouTube, and I just went to, like, to the music, sesh, uh, music section, which is normally just trash, but I just want to, <laughs> I, I like clicking on random music videos. Yeah. And anyway, I found this song, Stroke God Millionaire, and I was just like, you know, I really like what I'm hearing, but then when it got to, like, John's part, the screen part, I was like, I don't like this at all. It kind of ruins it. But mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of, like, I asked my friends at school about it who liked it, and they pointed out some songs where it wasn't, there weren't as many dirty vocals. Right. And um, I was like, wow, I really like this. And it was just me kind of playing that, and it got to a point where I was like, why am I letting this ruin, like, the rest of the song that I really like, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyway, so I actually started really enjoying it. And like one of one of the big hurdles, there's a song called Flossy Dicky Bounce mm-hmm. off I think I believe it's their album Mothership. It is when I like first heard it, I was just like, What is this? This is this is terrible, like I don't like it because mm-hmm. I mean John has a lot of fun with it. He, like his lyrics are nothing like Tillian's. Like Tillian's like there's like a story. Well, I guess in John's there's also a story, but like it's just very like the words are incoherent almost. Like they're right. just like it's just like what are you adding? But um yeah, once I got past that song, I was like, okay, I like this music, and this is this mm-hmm. is like this is my favorite band. It, it became something where you enjoy both the clean and the dirty aspects that yeah. are put together by both of the different vocalists. You would yeah, say? yeah, no, definitely, yeah, because that that was like the turning point of like this is and, this and, is and something. Would would you say that was the point when you got away from more so like clean rock, for lack of a better term, to more so like yeah. harder rock, and that's yeah. sort of what really encapsulated. Yeah, that definitely. Sort of like, uh, there's another band, Hail the Sun, that I like. Because um, I actually toured with Dance Gavin Dance. Um, that's how I found another band, Don Broco, that I really like. They don't do as much like dirty vocals con- compared to the clean. But yeah, that's kind of like how I knew. I was like, okay, yeah, like I like this kind of. I, I like I like the more aggressive mm-hmm. rock. I don't know. It just it just makes you feel good. Like this this stuff's great to listen in the gym. You know, right. like. You don't have to be in the gym to listen to it, but like it just it just gets you in a kind of mood like if, you know. If let's you go. You want to get to that tenth rep. Yeah, that tenth yeah. rep. If you're really going, you're about to drop the bar on yourself. You just mm-hmm. turn it up, go a little bit deaf, mm-hmm. you know, and then 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 you'll make it. If you have irreparable hearing damage, then <laughs> that's how you know, that's how right. you know you're listening to good music. Right. Um. So you talk about how there's this like duality between like clean and dirty vocals mm-hmm. depending on the vocalist that is singing in that particular portion of the song. Yeah. Would you say there's any songs in particular that really establish that duality? Like any songs that, that incorporate both vocalists that really like... Well, like most of their songs are like that. It's actually because when I first started listening to Ben, I was trying to find songs that only had the clean vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, at the time, I didn't know Tillin has his own stuff. He's He has great solo albums. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I... 
it was it was when I. I'm sipping it. Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again? I totally just, just, just lost that. Just talking about like. Oh, man. Um, and if you want to think about it, oh, the duality. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so sorry. I got my own yeah, head there for fine. a second. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, most of their songs are just like. It's it's very apparent. Like there's, I had a hard time finding where it wasn't that. Um, mm-hmm. So like a, like a lot of like Flossy Dicky Bounce for example. Like, but it's just like is that to like the next level? Like you can't ignore the screaming. Like some of the songs you could somewhat kind of like ignore it mm-hmm. a little bit. Like especially when you don't like it. But yeah. like that one, like it's like hard to ignore. Like you have to listen to it. It's so right. up in your face. You know. It, it reminds me, and I know this is going a little bit tangential. What you're talking about, I don't know if you're familiar or not. But have you heard of the band System of a Down? I have. I haven't really listened to him though. That it's much. it's a very similar sort of thing where the main singer Serge Tanky, and this is a band that sort of dissolved in the late two thousand something like that. Yeah. He has sort of two distinct vocal styles. He is an Armenian American singer. It's either Armenian or Armenian American. I can't remember which off the top of my head. But he has like two distinct vocal styles. One is much more of like a new metal, like screaming kind of thing that's distinctly like two thousand and five. But um, he also has this like very melodic singing that a lot of people appreciate. Um, a huge song from that band was Chop Suey. And oh, it yeah, was yeah, yeah, band. No, yeah. Yeah, no, huge song. And I think a lot of people sort of get a similar vibe from that song where it's like, oh, I, I kind of hate this, but, like, I love it at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, getting to that point where you can deal with both lets you get into those harder songs that are more so about mm-hmm. harder vocals. So I would I would throw that as a recommendation. It's like yeah, a no, I, it's, sort of I feel thing. like I'm going to get in trouble for not knowing that was the band who did Chop Suey. I've only ever listened to Chop Suey, and, like, yeah. it was in passing. No, no, no. I think um, plenty of people are in the sim- same boat. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, definitely, like, so, like, the lead singers have, like, changed over time. Like, it started with, you know, Johnny Craig, and then went to Kurt Travis, and then went back to Johnny Craig, and then it went to Tillian, like, in, around, mm-hmm. like, 2013. Uh, have you heard of Tides of Man, that band? I have well, not. Well, yeah, uh, Tillian was actually the lead singer of that band, and then, uh, like, they're still, today, their most popular song is with when Tillian was the lead singer. Mm-hmm. But uh, he ended up coming to work with dance gavin dance and he's been there since but mm-hmm. definitely compared to the other two his his he hits notes that aren't normally like hittable i suppose mm-hmm. he's definitely in like the tenor range like he's, he's so, up there. so he has some kind of octave range that's yeah yeah not that's definitely distinct from the other two standard yeah, yeah. um and, and it's actually crazy too um can we get into con- concerts a little bit yeah absolutely. yeah okay yeah so when i saw dance gavin dance in concert it's it's very nice to know that your favorite band or one of the bands that you really admire sounds just as good as they do in like live compared mm-hmm. to not cuz at first I thought they weren't going to sound but like Tillian he sounds great of course there was like some things here and there but like overall it was awesome John mm-hmm. and that's like another thing when it comes like the dirty vocals you think like it doesn't take a lot of talent but like it, it does like to not ruin your vocal cords mm-hmm. and to sound exactly the same um, because the only reference I really had, like, otherwise is, like, my friend Tristan, you know, he'd tell me about, like, online videos. They're just like, yeah, have mm-hmm. you seen, you know, XYZ Band? Like, they sound trash live, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was really worried. I was like, oh, I hope they don't sound trash. But no, like, they sounded really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. yeah I mean, was... I, I keep just thinking of things to recommend to you hearing about this, like, duality. Because it's a really interesting topic of, like, listening to singers that have these two distinct styles, mm-hmm. especially in rock bands. Um, a couple of bands that I can just think of off the top of my head is the Mars Volta. Um, Haven't heard of them, though. At the Drive-In is another like similar band with the same lead vocalist that sort of has that duality. Um, also, Tool. If you've ever heard of Tool, yeah, they do a Tool. similar thing, too. Um, but just there's a ton of bands that really work with that in like rock, metal, new metal kind of genres where they're able to balance those two different things. And I think it's I think it's worth you know going into, for sure. Um, but mentioning concerts, so like... 
what specific acts did you see and how did that shape your tastes? Because yeah. you mentioned this was like a sophomore spree. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, no, this is definitely a sophomore spree. So if I'm remembering correctly, it started with, you know, Bad Sons was the first concert mm-hmm. I went. I really enjoyed, that was another band I listened to a lot in high school. Bad Sons is really good. Um, they're they're definitely not as aggressive or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Dance Gavin Dance I went to next. And with the Dance Gavin Dance tour, they um they toured with Don Broco, which I found out that I really like them. And that's another like one of my close favorite bands. They just don't release music as much. Mm-hmm. And then um with that there's also Hell the Sun there. And like they had two other bands, like one was just uh guitar and the other one, I don't know, I think it was like another like just aggressive like aggressive rock. It's not good at all. I did not enjoy mm-hmm. that whatsoever. Um, so yeah, yeah, keep in mind. So yeah, these are all sophomore. I was just like, mm-hmm. I want to go to concerts because I never did that before. Right. And I went to the 1975. That was easily the biggest concert. Right. You know, it was like in a park in the middle of a neighborhood, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. I really enjoyed their concert. Like their setup was great. And I went to the midnight, um, you know, like synth music or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. And then I actually went back to see Don Broco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And during all this, like I tried to meet the singers. So like for Bad Sons. I met the lead singer, Christo. Mm-hmm. Um, Dance Gavin Dance. I actually ran into the lead singer of Don Broco at the time, but like it was funny because I just got into Don Broco and I forgot like the lead singer's name isn't Don Broco. And in mm-hmm. fact, I also called him Don Bronco. <laughs> I thought it was Bronco. I don't know why. So like he was walking by, I didn't realize that was him, and I, all I could stutter was, I, I like your music. <laughs> and like that was it. I was just I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. Yeah, so that was just kind of kind of a little bit silly. Obviously, 1975, you can't really meet them. Mm-hmm. I hear that you know their U.S. tour is a little bit different. Right. And then midnight, I didn't meet them either. But it was really cool because like his family was up there, like the actual like the mm-hmm. band members, like their families were watching. Mm-hmm. And then um, I saw Don Broco. Oh, and I and I also saw Tillian. I saw Tillian mm-hmm. like individually, and that was really cool. I was like a foot away from him. I'm assuming these were all in Atlanta. Yeah, these were all yeah. these are all in the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I didn't I didn't travel no. too far if, away. If from we them. if we weren't in COVID times, it would be really good to recommend going to concerts in Atlanta because it's such a huge metropolitan area that yeah, you can definitely. see all these massive acts, like big and small. Everybody tours in Atlanta. Yeah, I've definitely a lot of mine have taken place in the masquerade. Mm-hmm. You know, with like the three different levels, like heaven, yeah. hell, and purgatory. Mm-hmm. It's like that. But no, I've had a lot of really cool experiences with concerts. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Like uh, one of the, at the uh, Tillian concert, there's another singer. His name is Brent Walsh. He's a part of the band I the Mighty. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually signed a guitar pick for me and I got nice. a photo with him. So that was really cool. Yeah. Really so nice. it was just, it was cool to, cool to meet them. No, actually, like um, just sort of just tangential, but um, yeah. talking about listening to opening acts when you're going to a concert, it's a really good way to find musicians, not necessarily that are the exact same type of music. Yep. but more so are things that that band is interested in listening to as well. Mm-hmm. Or it's it's almost like things that are like adjacent to those bands. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually been ish. to a concert in a long time. And it's sad because I was planning to right before COVID hit. But um, one that I was really, really interested in and I ended up really enjoying the artists that they promoted was the, the new Weekend um, tour, like the huge yeah. one that they were planning before they cut it off. They were going to add, I believe it was Sabrina Claudio and Don Tolliver. We're going to mm. be the supporting acts, and I was like, "Well, if I'm going to go to this, I should probably see like if I enjoy their music." And I ended up really enjoying both of those artists as like interesting new wave R&B kind of things. And I was like, "Oh, this is really interesting because the weekend is also interesting new wave R&B," you know. So it was really interesting to be able to see how an opening act could kind of play into like me finding new stuff that I really really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember you also did like a little Uzi Vert back in like another era. Uh-huh. 
which was I, really I don't remember what the concert was. I'm not sure if it was like Fall Out Boy. This was in high school. My friend was saying like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to this concert. And like one of the acts was like, the opening acts was Jaden Smith. And I was like, why would you go to that? Like that doesn't sound. <laughs> Even back then when Jaden Smith was like 14. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, why? That doesn't sound like an enjoyable opener. <laughs> but no, yeah, thanks to openers, I've definitely found like Don Broco and mm-hmm. like things like that. And like, because it's a really good band. Like mm-hmm. if, if you don't like the screaming or like the dirty vocals and you want to listen to like some good aggressive rock, I can't. I can't recommend Don Broco or like Emma Rosa, like their last album, Peach Club for mm-hmm. Emma Rosa. Like they're very, they're very good and mm-hmm. they're they're very digestible to for most people. Like you could play it in front of your family and then not mm-hmm. go like, what are you even, listening even to? Even your grandparents would be like, yeah, this is pretty heat. good. Emma yeah. Rosa, this is pretty good. <laughs> I've heard of them. <laughs> back so, in the day, I went to concert. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, right? Um, how how do I want to go? How do I want to continue? You mentioned um, prior to coming on the podcast that you wanted to discuss lo-fi. Oh, yeah. I'm a big lo-fi kind of guy. And, and this is something I've been very, very excited to talk about because I haven't really had the opportunity to. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of a weird genre that's all on its own because it's not necessarily something you listen to for the music. It's hard to explain. No, okay. So, see, that's that's the beauty about lo-fi, right? Yeah. So, I got into lo-fi definitely in, like, high school or, like, later high school, definitely in college. And, and the beauty of lo-fi is that it's purposely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is the whole point. Lo-fi is That's supposed to be back... That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I know. Because it, it's supposed to just be background noise that does that isn't, like, static, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, th- like, name a lo-fi song. You probably can't. I, I, I mean, can. I actually... I, I, I will say, I, you know, oh, I could, but I actually, I, you know, I'm blanking right now. But, like, I have a playlist of, like, lo-fi songs I actually really like. Mm-hmm. So, in that, I guess it kind of defeats the point of lo-fi. Because, you know, lo-fi, you're trying to, like, not think about anything. Mm-hmm. Well, then if you know the song, you, like, hum to it. It's not something that you necessarily remember an artist or an album. You remember the fact that it was a live stream and you remember a couple of playlists that you saved on your Spotify or your Apple Music. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I have a lo-fi playlist. And I also have, like, a jazz, like, a, this... like a jazz playlist that's also kind of, like, in the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this weird in-between between, like, music that you semi-enjoy, because it's legitimately fun music that you yeah. enjoy listening to, but it's also just, like, meditative. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it, it serves its purpose well, I think, is just to be background noise that doesn't sound awful and, like, can help you not be distracted. It's kind of like the soundtrack to, like, a superhero movie, where it's yeah. like, name one song. It's like, you can't. And it just adds it's to it. It's not like the Avengers theme. Yeah. You know, well, but I guess it, it more, adds to what you're doing. You yeah, know? yeah. But I guess more with that as well, like, that's memorable, you know, and that's right. the whole point. But yeah, no, totally in, this, totally in the same vein of just, like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just there. It just exists, you know? <laughs> it's like background noise. It's, it's background so noise. And it's funny, because, like, if you, if you listen to, like, a specific, like, like my jazz playlist or whatever, that's, again, it's like lo-fi jazz. It's like another, like, sub-genre. Yeah. Like, they don't update it as often, so, like, you can tell, like, oh, I remember this song. I like this one. And then that's how I normally ended it to, like, I add it to my actual, like, playlist mm-hmm. of lo-fi music. It's, it's interesting, because there are a couple of artists that aren't necessarily lo-fi per se, but they sort of specialize in low-key hip-hop, especially mm-hmm. older artists from the 2000s. Yeah. That I really can't recommend enough. I know I talked about uh, Nuja Vess, um, an artist who died in, like, 2006, I want to say. Um, yeah. Japanese hip-hop maker who is really, really good, and I highly recommend. Uh, he has an album called Modal Soul that I think is really, really worth listening to. Um, there's also Jay Dilla. I know plenty of people have heard of him. Huge, huge artist in that genre. Made tons of beats that were just absolutely incredible with different samples, but they're all sort of pitched down and fuzzy. They sound like vinyl crackle at times. Like, it's, yeah. it's purposely designed to sort of match the environment of, like, you know, a studying room or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's definitely that. a common theme. Um, and then... Um, this is a little bit tangential, but also like MF Doom is sort mm. of in a similar vein. I know the vocals are more so like lyrical miracle kind of stuff, but like 
in a good way. Yeah. But it, it definitely has the vibe of like an adult swim. Like, <laughs> you can, like transition. Yeah. No, something. actually, it's funny. I have a whole playlist dedicated to adult swim transitions. That's funny. And it's it's one of my favorites. And just like half of it's like similar to like to lo-fi. Mm-hmm. Or, no, absolutely. It, it, it's it's really hard to describe adult swim bump card music until you know what it is, you know? And then <laughs> until you, you experience it, until you it. accidentally stay up till three in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You watch King of the Hill for four hours and you <laughs> don't even know where you are. <laughs> yeah, no. But, I, yeah. I definitely um, think, like, the, the I, I definitely prefer, like, the lo-fi without the lyrics. Again, like, if we're just talking about, like, strictly serving purpose, like, mm-hmm. if I'm trying to study, it's just, like, that's least distracting because then you can't, like, even make anything out, really. It's just it's just there. Mm-hmm. But, so there's something I wanted to ask you in particular about lo-fi because okay. I think it's an important question because I know you and I both participate in the culture surrounding it a little yeah. bit. Like you have a jacket that's, that's oh, like I a have, I have a nice hoodie. Like, yeah, it was my own Christmas gift to myself. Yeah. It's, Last it's like Christmas a YouTube off. cutout of the actual <laughs> live stream from the Chill Cow like YouTube channel. It's yeah, incredible. I would have worried. It was a little hot today. I'm extremely but. jealous of it. But <laughs> Yeah, very comfy. Very comfy. Yeah, right, it's, right. it's one of my studies. Is it, it Redbubble? Is that, is that where you got it? Yeah, yeah, actually, I think I did. I think I did get it off Redbubble. Well, no, actually, no. I actually bought it from the Chill Cow website. Oh, heck I'm yeah. not not sponsored by them, but they have they have an actual plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have they have actual stuff. But yeah, no, I really like the hoodie. It's 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 done well. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure like it doesn't like the graphics don't come off. Like I I take care of it. I wash it inside yeah, out. We we use the washer and dryer. Yeah, nice. We put it on delicate, you know, <laughs> make sure it's nice. Um, but as somebody who sort of avidly enjoys the genre for what it is, mm-hmm. would you say that part of the enjoyment stems from the culture around it rather than the music itself? Because um, there is a definite culture surrounding yeah. lo-fi in and of itself where it's like you get it recommended to you because you need something to listen to while you're doing something else. Yeah. Somebody's like, this is great for studying. It's not yeah. this is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't have a lot of exposure with like, I guess, like if we're talking about like the chat rooms and things yeah. like that. Talking, no, I, I never partake in those. Um, but like just like being like, I, like that's where – that's how you hear about lo-fi is you hear like, oh, you need someone to help study. Here's lo-fi. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you click on it and like, you can see like beats. I mean, it literally has it in the title, like beats to study and relax mm-hmm. to. Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, but I kind of, I, I kind of, I guess, separate myself other than like, I guess I do find some, like some of the memes funny, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Things yeah. like that, obviously. But no, for me, it's more just like, just musical, just, mm-hmm. you know, I, you, cause you never like really, again, because it's so forgettable and you don't really know names, I mm-hmm. guess it's kind of ironic. We're in a podcast talking about it, but like, you don't go to someone and you go, What's your favorite lo-fi music? <laughs> what, what? Which one? Which? What's the favorite album? Which one like? do you really jam to? Yeah. <laughs> which one oh, really gets your head bumping? It's this one or this one, yeah. This one really mellows me out. <laughs> this one really makes you feel like... Wh- which one really hits different me. at 4 a.m., you know? <laughs> no, yeah. but like... Yeah, I just... It's it's hard to think about what to talk about with lo-fi because it's so utterly forgettable in the weirdest way possible. Yeah, exactly. It's, you can't... It's just very melaconic. Would you say there are any playlists that you'd want to plug? Do you remember any in particular? Uh, definitely, just I just I like, got to represent Chill Cow. You got to yeah, represent Chill yeah. Cow. Yeah, again, I have like jazz vibes. Chill, Chill Cow, for anybody that doesn't know, is sort of like the progenitor of live streaming lo-fi hip hop on YouTube. This channel, I believe, had a time period where they were live streaming constantly for over two years. Yeah, it got closed, and then it got closed for yeah, like, like a, a... an hour, and now it's been live streaming for like a year and a half again. Yeah. No, another playlist that I really like is called Road Trip to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and like, it's on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, it's on Spotify. Yeah, it's like it's like Japanese hip hop, mm-hmm. and of course, like I was saying before, I have jazz vibes, and it's basically the same thing. Just mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's another thing I wanted to mention is that lo-fi can be sort of integrated into a bunch of other genres. So yeah. with lo-fi hip-hop, there is an even bigger emphasis on sampling other songs and sampling random sounds. There's one that's on the Chill Cow Essentials playlist, just plugging this one for a minute, that um, samples like change being put into a like money counter, kind of like money from Pink Floyd, but even better somehow. And it's just it just keeps you in that chilled mindset the entire time. But there's also like lo-fi hip hop that incorporates like tiny guitar licks or something like like yeah. like a couple of strings, you know. Or it may incorporate like a slight drum beat, or it may incorporate like a little bit of sax. Definitely like that like kind of fuzzy like vinyl feeling, like you were saying earlier. Like there's there's a numerous songs that kind of have that like I think it's mostly like towards the end and the beginning of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know you're taking a record off or something. Uh, that's that's like a, mm-hmm. a common theme. At least I. The subtle things you do, like, pick up on when talking mm-hmm. about lo-fi, that's, that's one of those things. It, it, it's always a little bit fuzzy. Um, <laughs> the beats per minute is very low. Yeah. It is not energetic music by any stretch all of the All the songs are the same, but they're all different. That's a really good way <laughs> to put it, They're all the too. same, but not. <laughs> Purposefully forgettable. I just don't know a better way to put it. It's, it's just absolutely incredible stuff. And I, I recommend it kind of as a case study, more so than, like, something you should listen to. I think it's something that everybody should be exposed to to get an idea if it's something that they would enjoy listening to in the background. Yeah. So I definitely recommend, and there's no particular recommendations either of us have, watch the Chilled Cow YouTube live stream. Yeah, then you'll know. Just look up a lo-fi hip-hop playlist of any type of whatever, and you'll get an idea of if you enjoy it or not. But it's definitely something I recommend looking into. Um, You mentioned 80s music. Yeah, big 80s guy. Big 80s guy. I feel like we're all big 80s guys on the inside. Well, it has to do with having older parents, too. (laughs) <laughs> older older parents will do that, especially when you go, mm-hmm. like, we used to take, like, yearly road trips, like, to Florida, mm-hmm. like, Tennessee, and 80s was always, like, a good mutual ground for us to all listen to. Yeah. So, um... It, it's interesting, because a lot of people's parents, it just kind of depends on when they were born, so, like, what you end up being exposed to. Like, both my parents are slightly older, Yeah. so right. I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of 70s music at that time, so I still remember, like, Pink Floyd and Velvet Underground, that kind of stuff, you know, real 70s classics, whereas I know a lot of other parents that were, like, Creed... <laughs> You know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. It's just, it's all, it, it runs the gamut, if you will. Um, but for 80s music, the question I have for you is, so the past few years have seen a sort of marked resurgence regarding 80s nostalgia. Like, yeah. I know you can tell in, in like, TV shows like Stranger Things, for example. Yeah. There's a definite emphasis on that sort of nostalgic timeline. And I think this is a relatively new thing in, like, the late 2010s, early 2020s. Um, but what do you think draws people into, like, the decade-defining hits of the well, 80s? Because I, I feel like this is a resurgence. Yeah, yeah, no, because fads come in and out of styles, you know, you'll mm-hmm. see that. I think it's just one of those things, like, where it's out of style, like, oh, it's kind of lame, everything's blocky. But, like, now it's kind of, like, it's cool again. It's mm-hmm. just, like, one of those, like, naturally reoccurring, like, social things. Like, I think generations kind of counter each other, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just the opposite of the previous generation, which, you know, in turn leads you to be the same as, like, your grandparents. Everybody's and, like, rebelling against the previous generation. Exactly. And then you can only end up in so many places. But so it I ends feel up like being a dichotomy, a, so it's just back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think the 80s is kind of the same with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, one thing that steps out, like, I really like Phil Collins. Mm-hmm. Have you seen, like, American Psycho? I have. Yeah, I just think, That's one of you my know, have you heard movies. of Huey Lewis? You know, yeah, it's hip you... to be square. <laughs> it means They're a lot about society, not just about the band, you know, and it's just, or whatever. Like, that's just, like, funny, like, memorable things like that. And, I mean, that got me listening to Phil Collins more, just watching right. that movie. Um, <laughs> that's a really interesting film, yeah, by the way. But, so oh, what? no, Huey Lewis. That I just said that earlier. But no, Phil Collins as well, because yeah. su- uh, Studio is in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Air Tonight is one of the decade-defining hits. I yeah, mentioned. no, like, definitely. It is, if I were to think of the quintessential 80s song and I wasn't going to mention Beat It, it would be 
yeah. or thriller, it would be in the air tonight. <laughs> because there, there's a couple of markers that I want to sort of go into regarding what makes an 80s song an 80s song. Uh, three in particular. So the first thing is that most 80s songs incorporate relatively archaic synthesizers nowadays. So it's this sort of bleep bloopy kind of sound yeah. where it's like we don't really have computers to the point where everything sounds perfect yet but it just sounds like it came from like a casio keyboard and it's part of the appeal in and of itself there's also this sort of thing where in 80s music there will be a fade out there's a great vox uh youtube video regarding uh fade outs in 80s music and why it ends up making us want to listen to the song again and again and again um and then there's also just the general outrun aesthetic there's a subreddit called r slash outrun that sort of gives you an idea of what i'm talking about there but it's this sort of neon bright lights, yellow, blue, purple, you know, Daft Punky kind of looking stuff. Yeah. Where it's it's retro futuristic. Almost all the songs have this sort of aesthetic. If whether it's from arena rock or you know electron like early electronic music or even diving into like singer songwriter stuff. There's there's this general aesthetic going on of like there's it it, it feels like an impending future in a way. Yeah, no, definitely. One, one of my, like, I actually recently got into smooth 80s, specifically, mm-hmm. like, that subcategory. Like, Sade, for example. Like, Shade, yeah, like, Operator, Shade. the song Operator, or, like, Paradise. Smooth Operator. Yeah, like, just, I think it's Paradise. There's, there's like, or, like, the song uh, Thinking of You by Sister Sledge. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's just very stereotypical, like, smooth 80s. Like, kind of how you're saying bleep bloop. Like, it was just yeah. very, like, clunky. Like, it just yeah. felt clunky, and I was like, is this a real song? Like, the... Mm-hmm. You can actually look at specific 80s synthesizers that are used in songs and identify the exact same sounds from like a Yamaha keyboard or like yeah. a Casio keyboard in another song. Absolutely the same. It's, it's incredible to look at. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm picking up on things. I'm not a music major or anything, but yeah. I, I'm just a guy who listens to music. Right. And I, I mean, I we all are, music, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, like, I, I don't <laughs> know as much as I'm going to know in five, ten years. I'm just, I'm learning as I go. You yeah. Know? It's why I interview people all the time. It, it gets me to learn stuff. I've learned yeah. so much already, and I'm even learning mm-hmm. more now. Um, but do you have any sort of decade-defining hits that you want to just throw out there? Like, specifically from 80s or just around that time? Around that time's good. Uh, like like late seventies, early nineties. Uh, Jim Croce operator, his version, his operator mm-hmm. instead of smooth operator, not by Sade. Although Sade smooth operator is mm-hmm. really good. That's really good. Um, Against all odds by Phil Collins is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, if this is it by Huey Lewis, I know that's mm-hmm. one of their more obvious ones. I really like Johnny hates jazz. I know they still make music. I haven't really listened to them mm-hmm. recently. But like turn back the clock is one of my favorite songs from that 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 genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Christopher Cross. You know, All Right or Arthur's Theme. Those are some mm-hmm. really good ones. Uh, but they're all, I don't know, just 80s music is like, that's, again, that's like another one that's very palatable by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to really think and go, oh, should I play this in you know, front of whatever? So like, you're at a pool party or whatever. <laughs> you ever find yourself in some kind of Wherever social situation where you're handed the ox and it's your responsibility to put on something? Mm-hmm. Go with 80s. I mean, you can't, nobody's going to get mad yeah, at you. Yeah, literally no one gets mad at you for playing 80s. Like, right. I don't, I've not had one interaction where they're like, oh, 80s. You know, like, oh, I've, I've just, never heard of this before. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they're just like, like closet, like they hate it. Like they just really don't want to. I hate 80s. I hate 80s. So I'm against uh, um, w- One song I want to recommend because it's a very topical sort of deal is I want to recommend Beat It by Michael Jackson because in and of itself a great song but I also want to say it is a great tribute to Eddie Van Halen who recently passed away last Tuesday um, because he played the iconic guitar lick towards the end of the song it's about a 20 second loop but it's it's incredible Mm -hmm. and I think it's worth everybody to go check it out even if you remember the entire song as I'm sure 
everyone listening has heard thousands of times, you know, it's, it's worth going back to because it really is an incredible time. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to mark on 80s music in general? Um, um, not really, no. I'm just, that's just like my default as well. Mm-hmm. Again, it, like it, I, have, it, I have moods. I have moods. Like right now I'm kind of in a drought right now, so I'll definitely take any mm-hmm. kind of music recommendations. No, but like I'll just like listen to a band and nonstop listen to them. And then I'll move to another band and forget everything about the previous band, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just like this cycle. And right now I'm kind of in like one of the in betweens, mm-hmm. things like no, that. No, absolutely. So. I definitely have like a similar idea of where I get into like a comfort zone. Like I'm not always going to all these different genres because I don't think anybody's able to do that. Yeah. I don't think music critics are able to do that. I think everybody has comfort zones. Um, I know for me it's like two, 2010s R and B is like my like yeah. go to because it's just easy to listen to. But I mean, every so often I'll be like, "All right, time to time to listen to some metal," and for a couple of seconds I'm like, <laughs> "Ugh!" But it, it ends up being really enjoyable. It's yeah. just it's kind of a mode shift you have to go through every single time. But um, it's really nice to be able to find something that you're just comfortable listening to. Yeah, Speaking definitely. of comfortable music to listen to, we got to get into country. Oh yeah, uh, it's, okay. Well, so, every, so I work HVAC at Physical Plant. You know, air conditioning. We mm-hmm. get a work truck. Riveting. <laughs> yeah, right. No, and, I, and I've never, I've never really driven a truck before. Shout out HVAC. Yeah, and it's like an extra long bed too. It's really awkward to mm-hmm. drive. Well, we we recently got a stereo put in. Thank you, Sam. Sam's no longer here. No, like he's he's alive, but he just doesn't go to this. He doesn't go to the school. <laughs> Shout out to you, Sam. You're the realist. Shout out, Sam. Um, but we got a Bluetooth speaker put in the truck. Before we had to burn CDs, and we had like country CDs, and it was funny because I like to think of it like the generations before us. Mm-hmm. They also had CDs, and yeah. like we continued that. Well, anyway, we got a Bluetooth speaker, so we like we just all like made you know a country playlist and things like that. Uh, so yeah, so that's kind of like I'm not even sure if I used the word revived because I think that just really inspired my like country spin. It's just like now I really want a Tacoma, you know. Mm-hmm. I just want I just want to get a truck because you can't listen to like country music in a sedan. At least I can't. Like I just feel kind of silly. Like you yeah. know, not saying that I have to be a country bar or anything, but like it's just it's fun music. Like that's what I mm-hmm. like about it. It's just fun. If you know, I feel like, like the Dukes of Hazard, I feel like it's it's a good yeah. song. You know I mean, I like mean? this song, Double Wide Trailer. Like, literally, it's just, mm-hmm. she's the queen of my double wide trailer with yeah, polyester you know. curtain. You know, it's just like, it's literally just like a fun song. Like, it's yeah. not, nothing too serious. Although, they all have a lot of common themes, but like. Like, uh, a, a lot of people mention like, oh, there's a grab bag of 200 words that every country song uses 180 yeah. of each time. But part of the appeal is that you kind of know what you're getting into. Exactly. Because this, this factors into all kinds of genres. Like, I know in punk, everybody's going to expect that you're going to talk about something Political. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Like with other genres, it's the same. You're just pulling. It's just pop music. It's probably gonna be about relationship, guys. I hate (laughs) to break it to you. You know, it's just every single genre has its sort of tropes, and I think country just has its own, and it just happens to be very, very easy to tell because country is so regional. Mm-hmm. Whereas pop music, rock music, it's a lot more like everywhere. It doesn't really matter where it's from necessarily. Yeah. But but you really get that sense of place with stuff like country, and I think it's worth it's worth checking out. But in terms of country, I don't really have anything in particular. More so, just want to know what songs really hammer home the genre. I yeah. do want to know: Do you prefer like older country? Do you prefer pop country? Okay, because it's uh, an interesting question. Yeah. So it, it just again, it also kind of a lot of things are mood based, or at least with mm-hmm. my music and stuff like that. I I like a little mix of both. Like I'm a I like. You know George Strait. George mm-hmm. Strait, he's a good. He's one of the older artists. Mm-hmm. But I also like Alan Jackson, like with Chattahoochee, mm-hmm. um, or like Josh Turner. Like mm-hmm. he's a very, very nice voice. And I know I said it earlier, and like Jim Croce, he isn't really country, but like Operator, like that's a really good song. I don't know, just like kind of like that kind of vein of mm-hmm. just like 
I don't know how to explain it. You know, again, I'm I'm very surface level with the whole country thing. I haven't yeah. I haven't been around these parts in, 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 in a while. You know, <laughs> you haven't hit the dirt roads. <laughs> I haven't hit the dirt roads. Yeah. But uh, no, like so those would just be some songs that I that I like. I have like a whole country music playlist that mm-hmm. that we listen to. There oh there is one song t- yeah Twang by by George Strait. Mm-hmm. That's a great uh, song. Yeah no I just because we have like an inside joke at the shop and I go you guys know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling some twang, and the music starts, and then we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like literally, that's just how it works. <laughs> yeah, and just as a reminder to everyone, um, for any of the songs that Will and I are talking about, I'm going to be putting some examples in the description, um, just in case anyone's interested in whatever we're talking about. Um, so, in terms of artists that are country that I have is sort of like a guilty pleasure. Um, I'm a really, really huge fan of. Gosh, I can't remember what his name is. Um, I need to find it. Can is there any other like country like songs that you want to recommend while I look this up? Um, well, I have to look up for mine as well. <laughs> for yeah. mine as well. Yeah, we're we're just trying to find some country songs. Yeah, my the country place on my phone. It's, it's is hard country to remember. Boy. I like Marty Robbins. Yeah, no, Marty yeah, Robbins like, is an he's, incredible artist. I like I like the the songs that tell a story too. I'm a sucker for those kind of mm-hmm. stories. Um, I used to like Take Me Home Country Roads more, but I feel like I got overplayed. Not to be that guy who's like, oh, they ruined it. I just, I don't know. I just kind of ruined it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I am that guy. One, one of, one, that was what I was trying to remember. One of my favorite artists as like a guilty pleasure that me and my roommate listen to all the time uh, is Trace Atkins. Yeah. Just just as something that we, we know we don't like it. We know it's absolutely, objectively not our favorite music in the world. But that being said, it's yeah. something that's so fun to listen to because it just has just enough of something, like some spark that just makes it fun to listen to. Yeah. So like, songs like Chrome or like Swing, you know, it's just it's just stuff that like I don't care for, but I just really enjoy listening to it. I hope I'm saying this band name right, but like Shenandoah or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really funny because I like, I like two of their songs, like Moon Over Georgia and Two Dozen Roses. And it, it's funny because I, like, picked up – I'm not sure if this was intentional mm-hmm. enough, but, like, some Moon Over Georgia is talking about, like, oh, don't don't leave me for this big country guy. You know, I can give you the Moon Over Georgia. It's like rich guy. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, so, like, in a song, like, it works out. But in Two Dozen Roses, like, he messed up. He – you know, if he gave her Two Dozen Roses, and then, like, it references, like, but I gave you the Moon Over Georgia or whatever. And it's just kind of funny, like, to see the song – I mean, it's the same album, so I'd imagine it was intentional. Mm-hmm. But it's just – I like it when songs also kind of cross over like that. Mm-hmm. And that's just like one of those things. There's just, a, there's a story, you know. Yeah, there's 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 an overarching story. Yeah. Another little like tidbit. I don't know why, but like the whole like fishing craze. Like, <laughs> I'd say good morning, but it's just a morning. Otherwise, I'd be fishing. You yeah, know, like yeah. things like that. <laughs> like fishing in the dark's a good song. <laughs> I'm gonna miss her. Like literally, the song is about a, great a song. dude gonna go fishing. Like, it's just goofy, and I love it. Like, I just I love that. Uh, not that I, I go fishing every day, but, you know, it's yeah. just like... But it just makes you happy, you know? Like, it's like just, the little stereotypes like that, it's fun. I don't know. Yeah, I it, just, it, like, it's just a playful, you know, fun time. I and mean, we're, we're all in the South. We're having a good time. Yeah, and I get an excuse to explore that genre because I have a truck. And it's right, an old but it, beat But it's truck. also, it's enjoyable in its own right. It yeah. has its own appeals that are really, really worth checking out. Um, but that being said, I kind of just want to wrap up by saying, are there any sort of bands that you want to mention you know like the 1975 or arctic monkeys or anything that you just want to sort of throw in at the end or if there's anything i missed out on or other than the bands that i've already really said um there isn't really much else i think um i made a i made a playlist that's basically like just all the music like what like what is basically me to this day Mm -hmm. and a lot of it has is like it's don broco again the lead singer like tillian uh emma rosa 
1975. Some Foster the People on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, some different, just, like, random bands that like one of their songs. Like, Far Apart by the band All the Rest is a really good one. Used to Like by Neon Trees. They actually did the... Uh, a song that was popular back in the day. Neon Trees did. Oh, is it everybody, everybody, everybody talks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, or like banger. Animal, and it's just like you kind of forget about that. Like I didn't realize mm-hmm. that till later on. That was just mm-hmm. kind of funny. Yeah. Um, Post Animal, uh, because the if I'm getting this right, Steve from Stranger Things. Oh yeah. I believe he. I mean, he has his he has his own standalone stuff, which I listened to some of it. I think mm-hmm. he's like the guitarist in this band or something. He has some kind of affiliation with it. But uh, the song Schedule is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the band Sticky Fingers is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost, if you've ever heard that band before, I have. yeah. I have. Um, Hell the Sun. Uh, Roosevelt, he's he's again like kind of synth or whatever, kind of like the, along the same lines of like the Midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, the Weekend, I dabbled in the Weekend for mm-hmm. a little bit. Of course, Bad Sons, can't forget Bad Sons. And then there's one, there is one like indie song that I actually do really like. And mm-hmm. it's like one of the ones that I would listen to that doesn't make me sad. I, just in general, I think indie music just makes <laughs> me sad. There's only specifically one. folk. That's why I don't like it. But um, <laughs> Nelly by Doctor Dog. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. Thank you, Judd, if you're listening. Thanks, Judd. Um, you you helped me with that one. Uh, but I mean that's just kind of like the general like what I like my go to. Oh, I forgot. I I can't believe I forgot this. The band Camino. The band Camino. Is the incredible. band Camino. Um, I think it was their latest album, like the Orange album, whatever that one is. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Like the like see through, far sighted, Daffy, uh, honest, you know, hush hush, all all really good songs. Also, uh, Sugar by the Hells, a mm-hmm. really good song. They have they they have like a lot of singles. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's really that's really it. That's all I got yeah. from where I am at. To this point in time, you yeah, know, you're just gonna, you're just gonna keep continuing, man. You're just gonna yeah. keep finding stuff. I'm gonna try to recommend you some stuff. Um, but as of right now, I think I think we're good to wrap up. Um, you have any closing words you want to say? Thank you for having me. Yeah, this has I been enjoyed a, an it. amazing. I, I didn't time. sound too much of a fool and stumble over my own no, words. You, you did really well. You did, you did great. Yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Um, all of our recommendations will be in the Spotify playlist that is, again, linked in my Instagram bio, and it is also the same name as Seth Spins. I believe it has season two in parentheses or something like that. So it's pretty easy to find on Spotify. Um, we're working on Apple Music as of right now, um, and I just want to thank everybody for listening, and I just want to give you guys the uh, hope for the rest of a good day. So thank you guys for listening, and have a good rest of the day.